the idea behind bonus is that usually it's seen as something positive and it helps to break free of that stigma. There is no such thing as fair in a blooded family. I mean, that's the reality. This is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is part two of my conversation about a book called Stepping Stones, Blended Families and Bonus Parenting at Its Best. In part one, I talked with Christine Balk in the studio with me, and she is still in the studio with me, but here in part two, we're joined by her co-author, Asha Bianca, via phone from California. So we'll talk more about blended families. We're going to talk a bit about the different kinds of love that are involved in blended families and something called the 10-10-10 rule, which I found really enlightening when I learned a little bit more about it. That and more coming up when I continue the conversation with Christine Volk and Asha Bianca right here on Around River City. This is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. Thanks for being part of the conversation today. By the way, you can subscribe to the Around River City podcast anywhere that you download your podcasts and you'll get an alert every time we have a new episode out. You can find it. Its home is at AroundRiverCity.com and there's a lot of other cool information at that website as well. Uh, Not surprisingly, all about things that are going on around River City. Let's get into my conversation about the book Stepping Stones with Christine Volk, and let's answer the phone and see if that's Asha. It is. <laughs> Thanks for calling us back. Oh, absolutely. So since you're joining us kind of in the middle of our conversation, um, can you can you tell me a little bit about your blended family experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my blended family experience is um, I really, you know, I lived in a small town and I was concerned about, you know, finding someone in this small town. And so I went online and, and met my now husband. And one of the first times we met, he told me he had four children. <laughs> and um, I, yeah, That was bold yeah. of him <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah. I know, I know. We're both honest, if nothing else, right? And so, um, anyhow, I, I remember I told my daughter um, that I had met someone who I liked who had four children, and my daughter said, kids are always good, Mom. Kids are always good. Um, and I, yeah, and I just felt like that was the right embodiment of it. You know, I, I had had girlfriends who were very nervous about being, um with someone who had exes and who had children. And, you know, for my husband and I, uh, we are just incredible partners. And so it became part of the many ways that we love one another is how to love one another's children and then grandchildren. So we now have six children uh, combined and two grand boys um, is our blended family. So you you had a, a a daughter going into the the marriage or the relationship, and he had four. daughter and son. Okay. So I had a couple daughter and son. So I brought two, and my husband brought four. Um, and my husband had had two ex wives. So um, you know, it's it's every level of kind of dynamic can be challenging um, mm-hmm. for blended families. And I had such a funny connection. So I had previously written some books and we were at a basketball game for our boys and she had this title. She said, you know, I've always wanted to write a book and I wanted it to be stepping stones. 
And I just, I had so much respect for Christine and I had so much understanding of the lack of resources for bonus parents going into this world that those two things compounded and it took us about two years, but we're both really proud of the, the end product. Oh, you should be. You should be. Um, I'll tell you what I told uh, Christine earlier is that the, the main thing I got from the book um, was not necessarily a fact or a tidbit or a piece of advice. It was just because I'm in a blended family, reading your book made me feel like, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not a failure at life. You know, it, it, it made me feel, it made me feel like what I have going on is good. Oh, I love that. That right there, I mean, it makes me a little teary, to be honest <laughs> with you, because there's so much negativity. And what we have realized is we're, we're the majority blended families. And so, you know, for that kind of negative, and, and it's very easy to talk about the things that are hard. What the bigger challenge is, is Focusing on the positives. And so you'll notice we really tried for it to be educational, but also uplifting. You know, we did not allow for there to be a lot of negativity that wasn't instructional or couldn't prevent pain some way. Um, And we also safeguarded families. We interviewed a lot of families and we provided them our word that we would not make it easy for people to know who was sharing these stories because it, as, as you were, people are guarded about anything that isn't historically tr- traditional in a certain sense. And we talk about that at the beginning, but that was our objective is for you to feel that way and that you are doing something um, immeasurably important and uh, difficult at the same time. Well, success, you've uh, achieved success on that one. Um, you, Asha, you just, you threw off a little offhand comment and I, I'm not going to hold you guys to facts and figures. That's not what this conversation is about, but you said we're in the majority blended families are in the majority. Yeah, it's no longer these traditions, right? Where, you know, where you have, you know, individuals who potentially aren't remarried or where there aren't individuals who are potentially adopted or where, and we, we touch on different topics that have to do with parenting in a different way. And, you know, divorce rate, you know, fluctuates, right, as, as well as the times that you have been married increases the chance that you're going to have be divorced, right? So um, those are just known facts and figures. But what we're really hoping is that for those individuals who might be on their second marriage or who might be on their third marriage, that they have some type of equipping tool, our book being one, but there's an amazing list of resources that I credit Christine with with the majority knowing we needed it because there is a deficient of this type of information for a large group of people who are learning how to do this. Mm. Well, Asha, do you remember one of the first mistakes that you made that made you realize, okay, I'm in a... I'm in a, a special situation here. This blended family is is different than other types of family. Do you do you remember any of uh, a mistake? It's something that you learned from. Yeah, the hard part is just figuring out one. To yeah. be honest, I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm, 
completely humble. You know, we are not, um, you know, we're just not uh, familiar with how things are going to go. And so, yeah, I think expectations is where I'll, I'll start. I think that not having expectations that it's going to be like anything you've ever experienced, you know, whether you have your own biological children before you're married or your own adopted children before you're married. I mean, every single child is different and every single ex relationship is different and most court agreements are different. And so to think that you have any expectation of how it's going to be, I think, is one of the things I could have done differently. And we spend quite a bit of time on it because kids kids do not necessarily ever want to be step <laughs> kids, right? right? Just like when little people ask us what we want to be and someone might say a mom, but they're not going to necessarily say a stepmom or a stepdad, right? So not putting a lot of pressure on what an expectation is, whether it's Christmas or Mother's Day or Hanukkah or any of these things that have an extra energy of fuel or things that you never think that would be, you know, potential landmines that are very sensitive to a particular ex or a particular family member. So, you know, I think that intentionality, communicating with intentionality, letting your partner really lead, particularly at the beginning, I think is really important. Christine talks a lot about support, and I think that's a key difference between, we we say bonus parent and we we interchange, but the reason for that is historically the the term step-parent has just inherently had a negative connotation. And so... And so the idea behind bonus is that usually it's seen as something positive and it helps to break free of that stigma that, you know, um, that is hard to, to deal with sometimes. But, you know, you're supporting your partner, you're supporting the children, you're supporting the, your partner's ex, you're supporting family. Um, so I think lo- making sure that you're not coming with preconceived expectations based on your own experience, um, you know, not having children at all and what you thought it would be like, and all of a sudden you're a bonus parent. So I think steering clear of expectations is a really good way. Um, and depending on your age of your bonus children, engaging them in the conversation. You know, one of the um, bonus children we interviewed said, I would have liked to be asked a little bit more about how my new step-parent wanted to interact with me. You know, they assumed that I didn't want a lot of interaction because of their own experiences coming from a blended family. But I actually would have preferred a little more engagement, conversation, questions. (laughs) So I think they're at an appropriate age. Involving them in the conversations is, is really wise. Well, I'll ask you a, I'll ask you a question, uh, Asha, and you'll get bonus points if you get, give the right answer. Okay. Okay. So when my wife and I decided to get married, and this was just a couple of years ago, we'd been together for quite a while before that. We let our kids know that we were doing that. And her two boys were, I think, 17 and 18 at the time. They found out that we were getting married. What do you think their first question to their mom was? 
Um, oh my gosh. Oh, the pressure. Um, I'm, I'm going to say something comical. Why him? No. <laughs> that was I got maybe, it right, though. That was maybe the unspoken question, Asha. That was the real meaning behind the question. But, Christine, what do you? What was it? I said, do I have to call him dad? Oh, really? And was that it? Yeah, that was the question they asked. That's what she told me anyway. Was that It could have been why him. And <laughs> what, do we have to call him dad might have been number two. But... <laughs> It's a funny question, and I was certainly of the belief that, no, they they certainly don't have to. But really, there's a lot of uh, weight behind that question. Christine, you, you talk about that uh, a bit about the whole mom, Do you am I called mom, am I mom? Right. Um, titles matter. Titles really do matter in blended families. And this is something that, you know, Asha and I talked about it, you know, it's, do you want to be called step? Do you want to become bonus? Um, we talked about even with children. Do you want to be called stepchildren or bonus children? When I asked my daughter, you know, what are your what are your thoughts on this? She goes, absolutely, do not refer to me as a bonus child. She goes, I am not a prize to be won. I mean, and she was just adamant. How about old was that. she when she said this? Um, we were just having this conversation about six months ago. Okay, and she said, absolutely not. And she goes, I have absolutely no problem being called a stepchild. Um, she goes. But you guys have always said these are our children, and we've always said our, you know, to encompass everyone. But um, making or forcing anybody to call you a name, um, kids did call me Mama Chris for a long time. And I would just like, I look back at it and I just, it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. It just makes me cringe because it, it wasn't authentic and it wasn't natural. And now we've come to that place in all of our relationships where, you guys call me what you want to call me. And, you know, I think that's that appropriate conversation to have um, with families to say, how, what do you, how do you want to address this person? You know, is it their first name or is it, you know, do you have a nickname? Do you have a special name? You know, whatever it is. But it really needs to be decided by the family. And the children. And yeah, listen. as a group, yeah. That's, that's, one, that's one thing that I think most of us adults don't do very well is listen to the children. Absolutely. And give their opinions weight. Because they're the yeah. ones that are using it. I, I, yeah, I mean, exactly. in general, about everything, I don't, I don't think we necessarily do a very good job, especially in situations yeah. like this. Yeah, and I, I think that probably doesn't, isn't limited to blended families. I think that's probably something that overarches all. But Correct. I think what's important about Christine's point is that there are so many different types. I mean, there are individuals that have not seen their, you know, biological parents in years, but have a bonus parent who is active in their lives since the time they were very little. So for them not to call them mom or dad would feel strange. So I think what, what we most wanted to do was highlight that there's differences and the best way to get through them as a family is by talking about them and being respectful about them and listening to all the different perspectives because it's not just children and parents it's extended family it's exes it's all different people um, are involved in that village this is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. Thanks for being a part of the conversation. When we come back, more of my conversation with co-authors Asha Bianca and Christine Valk about their book, Stepping Stones, Blended Families and Bonus Parenting at its Best.
This is Around River City, the podcast about the people and the places, the events and the businesses that make this such a cool place to live. And today we've got a couple of local authors that I'm talking with, Christine Valk and Asha Bianca. Let's get right back into the conversation about their book called Stepping Stones. My mind was just, as you were saying that, my mind was just going to all of the different, it's like branches of a tree all reaching out in different directions to this extended, multiplied, extended family that exists. And it's, when you start to think about it, it's it's a little overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. especially if you get stuck in that place and then realize and you think you're alone which is the other thing that I think was really valuable to us being able to talk with each other but also us talking with other families is to recognize kind of the um, epiphany that you had right when you read it is you're not alone so even though every situation is different there is there are common threads that we can support one another and learn one another with best practices. So just because my situation is different, it doesn't mean I should shut myself off and not look at resources and support um, because it's hard. So uh, before you were able to join us, uh, Asha, I had mentioned that I, I uh, asked my wife and several friends and coworkers, if they had any questions, I said, Hey, I'm talking to my blended family authors today. Any questions? And I, I realized a couple of things. One, I work with a lot of very bitter people, <laughs> um, <laughs> but also everybody has a question and a thought and a perspective. And a, one that came up, which I think is, is, I know for a fact is one that my wife and I do uh, talk about and have issues with uh, it is a it is a it is a, a point of conversation for us is the you treat your biological child differently than you treat your stepchild is is that our imagination or is that sometimes a thing uh, I've never heard of that I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> never <laughs> I think I think we ended up I Christine I think this is kind of but I think we ended up creating a chapter on fairness and what that really means because of this question. Which right? basically fair meant there's nothing fair. fair. Yeah, I was going to say, okay, what's the answer? What's fair? What's fair? There is no such thing as fair in a blended family. I mean, that's the reality. I mean, mm. how do you, I mean, <laughs> I'm laughing at this because I'm thinking with our five children, um, one of the Christmas gifts, my, uh, one of the sons, gave his brother was a hat that said black sheep on it and he says you're the black sheep of the family and so they were like oh my gosh and then we hear all the things like well you're mom and dad's favorite or you're the golden child so then we just kind of we've we've decided to embrace it and say we're going to play with us so whoever calls my husband or i first on our birthdays you know it doesn't matter which of the five you're the favorite today. And then there's a text message that goes out to everybody. So-and-so called today. They're the favorite. And, you know, so we can try to, you know, encompass everyone. But we've, yeah. you know, it is hard. You cannot, how do you create fairness when I, you look at all of a sudden you have your own biological children. Um, and, I, you know, even for Asha, you know, she has her two. He has his four. You know, how do you divide everything else up? Do you mm-hmm. do everybody gets exactly the same or do you divide it between six? I mean, what happens? And in our family, my husband has five biological children. I have two. So do we, how do you divide things? You know, and the reality is it is always going to be a tug of war. Mm-hmm. And it is a challenge. 
and there are things you're going to compromise on. There are things that you're going to have to say, what's worth, you know, the passion here, what really matters, what doesn't matter, and how are we going to move forward on this? Would it be foolish to ignore or try to ignore the fact that that some of these some the children is a biological child of one person but the stepchild of another person it, i mean i would think that's always an elephant in the room whether it's spoken about or not i say just talk about it i mean asha i don't know how you but we've just said you know what here's the reality yeah yeah. We have a little and bit more I, on this side just because this is the way it is. And I don't know how else to say it than it is what yeah. it is. And I, yeah, and I think Christine actually has this even more to a degree. So I think that's why she's navigated. They have a biological child together. So uh, my husband and I don't have our own biological child, right? So that's an important difference for this conversation. Um, but I, I would say that being aware, um, understanding that you're going to have more authority likely in your own biological children's lives and you need to um, really protect the way that they interact with their bonus parents um, and with your exes potentially, and navigating that together. I think apologizing sometimes when we haven't been intentional, um, you know, joking when you get to a certain level and age with children, I think is, is good. You know, we had some really hard stuff where we would have family members only bring gifts for one side of our children. And we had to do things where we would Say no, if you can't bring gifts to all of our children, then don't bring gifts to any of our children, right? So you do have to protect um, with things that are just uh, make younger children feel bad, right? You are their parent. Um, so it's something to navigate. Um, it's not easy. Uh, can it be done as, as well as you can? Yes, by being more purposeful about it and by not being afraid to have the conversation. You know, we had a similar thing where we had a shirt that my husband has with all of our kids and our grandkids. And one of the kids circled themselves and wrote the favorite <laughs> and said it all of the rest of the kids. Um, so I think that helps, you know, but there's hurt with relationships that ended and there's loyalty with spouses and there's hard stuff that I think if we pretend like everything is fair, we're not being, we're not being um, realistic about the situation and true to the history, you know, and that's true of not just blended families. That's true of life in general, right? There are, there are things that happen that are just not fair. Gosh, um, listening so to the both of you, you, you've got me, uh, just thinking about so many things that have happened in my life with all of the blendedness that I've had and some of it good and some of it is it, it almost brings me to tears thinking about it. Um, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, one other section in the book that I want to talk about. Can we talk about the different kinds of love? I love that you acknowledge that there are different and equal, right? Mm-hmm. Equal kinds of love. It's just they're applied differently. You know, between your romantic love, the love of between siblings, your neighbors, and then, you know, the love that we really focused on even in this book was, you know, talking about agape love. Um, and everyone who has probably sat through some wedding has heard, you know, 
the biblical verse from Corinthians. Um, love is patient, love is kind, and you know, you go through the whole thing. But what it really means is understanding that love is not an emotion in this perspective, but it really is an action. And it's about showing everyone within this, you know, as you said, this tree with all these tentacles. I can love all of you with a respectful love through action, through actions. Um, and it does not have to be an emotion. And if we can choose to provide that love in this type of a family situation going forward, gosh, we've just made a giant step. It's a, that's a huge leap. Mm-hmm. It's, I may not like you today, but I still love you. And that's a that's a huge, <laughs> that's a huge one. comment. In you know? all the different forms of Absolutely. love. That's a big, that's a big yeah. one to be able to acknowledge that that can happen and that can be that way. Right. Asha, what are your thoughts on love? Yeah, um, I think that I have gone to that verse more times than probably any other because it is um, it can be it can be challenging when you get in your own head about what you're entitled to as a parent. So speaking from just a bonus parent perspective, I think that's where I need to exercise the idea of love, uh, particularly. Because, you know, um, not being, um, not being a, one who keeps records of wrongs, I think, is, is a really important piece. I think covering over offenses, really important piece. And I think um, we mentioned this. Blended families have these ebbs and flows where things can be going okay. And then all of a sudden, there's something, and sometimes they're the most minute things you could ever imagine, cause you to feel like you're regressing in the relationship with either your bonus children or the ex or whoever it is. And so remembering to stay the course with love, regardless of those ebbs and flows, I think is, is the part to me that requires that discipline of intentionality. That's a lot to think about. It is. That's one of our, I think one of our favorite sections in this book is the love section. And that was um, evident when we did the surveys with a lot of our parents. They just said, please, please just talk about love. And, it, yeah. and they didn't really say, you know, understanding the, the four um, definitions of love, but they just said, just talk about love. We just, we really need to have an understanding of what love means in, especially in a blended family. Mm -hmm. You know, I have biological siblings and yeah, I love them. I've never given it much thought, you know, but yeah, they're my brothers and sisters and yeah, I love them. But again, it comes back, Asha, to that intentionality. You have to think and decide to love these people. Absolutely. And you have to remember that you're loving your partner by loving these people. And that's, that's the other piece that we, we have a section where it says, you know, I want you to really think about what you're about to enter into and not take it lightly. And we say, you know, you might criticize us for saying that you need to really do a self check because you, how you love these individuals is also a representation of how you love your partner. Um, you know, cause they are, they're an extension of that person and their ex is an extension of that person. You know, there was a moment where that ex was their world. And, 
you know, so really keeping that in mind and understanding that and being patient, being kind, you know, not envying, not boasting, all those things. Um, and I think honor is a word that resonates with me a lot with love, um, just because it's challenging to honor every single person in blended families in a way. And that's why the conversation counts. Stay with me. There's more to come on this episode of Around River City as I talk with Asha Bianca and Christine Balk, two ladies, both mothers in blended families that finally one day decided, I wish there was a book that could help me. And when they couldn't find one, they decided to write one. It's called Stepping Stones, Blended Families and Bonus Parenting at its Best. We'll get right back into the conversation after this. Let's continue the conversation with Christine Valk and Asha Bianca about their book, Stepping Stones, Blended Families and Bonus Parenting at its Best. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City. Everything that we've talked about since we started this conversation involves effort. It None of this just happens. No, no. And I think that's probably the biggest takeaway um, that we really have come to realize, too, is you can't just assume there's there's a lot of there's things that are outside of your control and then there's the things that we can control and the things that we can control what do we want to have as um, being purposeful being aware of um, how can we move our family forward how can we do this in a positive way so that um, you know it's it's not saying that it's I, I, we're a doormat for anything but you know being firm but being aware of everything so that we understand, you know, why why would you say no or why would you want me to do something a different way than what I've learned? You know, provide me that awareness, that why, that understanding. Um, but really be mindful of how we want to navigate forward. Yeah. And and I also think being safe, like being a safe person, what, what Christine's talking about is being approachable, right? Being n- not thinking that you're perfect um, and understanding that there's room to be able to change things that don't make us feel great. And I don't, in that way, I feel like a lot of the relationships are similar to good relationships we have, like being an aunt or being a friend or being a, a caregiver or being, you know, things that um, we learn a part, you know, as part of other relationships apply. We just have to think about them in a way that does take some effort um, because it, it doesn't come as naturally as, you know, when you first saw your child be born, right, compared to meeting them at an age that could range, right? You, you, you don't have that same um, connection in a certain way. One other thing I want to ask about in the book that I thought was interesting and maybe a helpful way to give all of us some perspective is the 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 ten 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 thing. Uh, Susie Welch, I mm-hmm. think, is it? Can one of you explain what that standard uh, uh, definition of the ten 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 rule is, and then how you have adapted it to your situation? So the ten 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 kind of rule is. You know, asking yourself, is this going to matter in the next 10 minutes, 10 hours, 10 days, 10 weeks, 10 months, 10 years? You know, how let's put this into, you know, what is the true reality? Because let's face it, we've all had that 
instant reaction. And it's just like, okay, did that really, did I need to respond that way? I do tend to think that everything that just happened is the most important thing in the world. (laughs) So, Ken, this is what we're going to say. We're going to have you just take that deep breath. This is where you step back. Okay. And say, okay, is this a situation or is this a response that's really going to have an impact in the next 10 minutes, 10 hours, 10 days? Mm. And then to determine... How do I want to navigate forward? Is, you know, is this something that does this really matter? Can I just let this go and not make it an issue? So it's about, again, controlling the, the narrative. Um, we have that opportunity to say, do I want to stoke the fire or do I just want to say, hmm, I'm just going to, you know, let it continue to, to do what it needs to do and see what happens? Or is it something that absolutely this needs to have, we need to have a conversation over this because this is going to have an impact in the next, you know, 10 weeks, 10 months, 10 years. Um, and really, again, just putting it into perspective because it's so easy to just respond and going, gosh, that was ridiculous to respond that way. Yeah, I'm very good at just responding. I'm really very good at that. We'll get you a blue, uh, you know, a, a first place award for that. Asha, what yeah. what are your thoughts on that? It seems to me like just the actually, if you can manage it in the moment, just the the literal act of thinking about that ten 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 situation in perspective gives you that moment to take the deep breath and come to grips a little bit. You're you're spot on. That was exactly what I was going to say. Whatever the approach that the byproduct is, that for those couple seconds, you're forced to look outside yourself. And what that does is it helps to understand the impact of what you say or do on your children, on the ex, on your husband. And so that pause allows you to not be just guttural with your response. Um, which usually does more damage than good, right? It, it, and and to pretend like there aren't already um, emotions that are there um, is is not to be aware, right? So there's triggers, you know. There's things that have been issues before that now come up again and all of a sudden are a trigger. Or there's things that never were issues and now all of a sudden are, right? And so I think that that pause, you know, counting to 10, but understanding the 10, 10, 10 perspective of really how big of a deal is this, um, is one of those things that just allows you to get outside of yourself for a minute, because the, the reality is you're not the only person impacted. Okay. <laughs> You can do it, Ken. You I'll can do it. I, I'm going to try, and I will report back to Christine and let you know how it goes. But, you know, it's a skill. Seriously, though, it is something you have to think about. Yeah, and it's something you have to put into practice and be mindful of it and be aware of it. It's not something you just flip a switch and say, oh, I'm going to practice this today. Right. It's, it is, it takes time. Um, and that's the one thing, you know, again, Asha and I have really focused on these are things that either we've heard or done or tried um, or best practices from other people saying again how can we make this better Mm -hmm. is there anything that you would that i didn't touch on that that you do think is important that people in blended families or moving into blended families uh should at least be aware of or know of or hear 
um, uh, there's one thing that I think is important, um, and that is, you know, I uh, obviously I married into um, uh, with an, I married an individual who had children, but I I'm also a biological parent who then has watched my ex um, have relationships, and I I want to emphasize how much control and how much influence you have over how your children see the new person being invited into the family. Um, they look to biological parents, particularly if you have a very strong relationship, to set the tone and set the stage for how we are going to interact with these new individuals that our ex-partner loves. So one thing that I think is important is I don't want there to be a perception that this book is only for the bonus parent because in reality, how you have success with a blended family is that everybody, you know, extended family, friends, exes, you know, um, original uh, individuals as far as the original mom or the original dad um, has a lot of influence in having this be a success. So I think that's something that I, that we haven't touched a ton on that I think is is a important part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I don't I've never actually liked the word X um, yeah. because it, it's it's framing the relationship as a negative. So I've I've yeah. always just I've always just and like I said, I've been divorced twice and I've had children with both of those. Uh, former wives that I I prefer to just call them the the mother of my child or the mother of my children because that's yeah. what they still are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah, and it has kind of that same connotation as the step, right? If you're not careful with it, mm-hmm. is it has the same feeling. Um, and so, but it also depends on the relationship, right? You you know the degrees of healthy relationship with with divorces is also part of the right. factor of how that can right. happen you know for individuals that may not be a reality and right. um <laughs> christine what uh what are your final thoughts that you want to leave us with about uh the stepping stones actually i, I wanted to ask you this uh you were the one that had the name of the book you had the title of the book before you had the book yeah we were it's where does stepping stones come from well, as a as a step parent, there were times where you know I, and this is where Asha and I had that great conversation. Is just you know there are times in the whole dynamics of the family where sometimes you just need to step back because the mom and dad have everything under control and let them parent or let them work out that situation and can be that support system. Um, step aside, just to you know again, just maybe being there to um, walk alongside with them and, again, be that partner, that support. And then there's those times where we need to step up. You know, maybe there's a situation where um, we have to be a voice or we may have to show up for something that neither one of them could be there for. And so it's about just saying, what are those roles as a step-parent that had kind of come in? And then there are times where you just need to stand. Mm-hmm. And wait to see where where am I going to go from here? Um, and that's where we said take that pause, that pause, that that mentalness of you know the awareness of everything that's going around us. So 
it was kind of talking about, oh, you know, here, and at first it was kind of like, well, do you want to step up, step down, step over, you know, you know, how is it going? And then it, it really came and said, it's like stepping stones. Like when you're walking over a creek, you know, sometimes you can see all the stones and the path is very, very clear. Sometimes there's a major storm and you can't see anything. So you have to wait until the floodwaters recede. Um, some stones are easier to walk on than others. And, you know, this this pathway and this journey is going to take you all over the place. And how can we communicate this experience to others and just say, you know, regardless of your journey, you know, we're all in this together and this is normal. And give yourself grace. Give yourself, um, you know, really the, the sense of thank you for loving somebody um and loving their children loving their family and you know embracing that whole new dynamic Mm -hmm. well i want to thank you both for writing this book and thank you for the takeaway that that i got from it um which is this crazy situation that i'm in with five people and four different last names it's not so crazy no and i can it's it's okay we're okay i'm okay and our relationship is okay. Our family is okay. And even more, you're you're striving in different ways, right? And so that that in itself is really powerful um, that you're thriving because of who you are and and what you're bringing to your family. So, how do we get the book? Where can we find Stepping Stones: uh, Blended Families and Bonus Parenting at its best? Well, you can go to Amazon. And uh, it is sold on um, Amazon and then Barnes & Noble, Westbow Press, and I think also on Google. Am I not mistaken on that one, Asha? Google Books? I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. So Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Westbow, definitely. We have a couple book readings coming up, so we'll have a small inventory at our book readings. But yeah, it's, it's not hard to find. I think we're number three in new releases on Amazon. So that's pretty exciting as well. Congratulations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it sounds like you have yeah. found uh, a need out there. We yeah, hope so. I think you're right. Thank you both for being a part of this conversation. I really do appreciate it. Thanks, Ken, for having us. You know, it really is a great book, Stepping Stones, Blended Families and Bonus Parenting at Its Best, co-written by two local authors, Asha Bianca and Christine Valk. Thank you both for letting me take a good amount of your time for the podcast today. And thanks for sharing your wisdom and your insight with the book Stepping Stones. It's available online at Barnes & Noble and also at Amazon. And if you are in any way connected with a blended family, I think you're going to be glad to spend a little time looking at the book Stepping Stones. I'm Ken Cooper. This is Around River City. Thanks for being a part of the conversation.